Well, hello everyone. I hope that you're all doing well. On my side, I'm very excited to present you with the very first episode of Will Hilson Under the Magnifying Glass. In this first episode, I interviewed Marcus Hardwood Jones in Toronto. Marcus is an artist and an advocate for transgender rights. And in this interview, he opens up about the difficulties of growing up as a trans kid. And he explains in more details what the issues and challenges of the trans community are today. If you hear my voice right now, you probably already know that you can listen to this interview. That said, you might not know that this interview was also filmed. So if you want to see it, you can find it at youtube.com slash willhilson. Now, enough said. Without further ado, let's go to the interview. Marcus, thank you so much for being here. So before getting into the core subject, I want to talk a bit more about yourself. So you were born where exactly? I was born in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba. So right. um, it's a province over from where I'm living now in Toronto. And how was your family unit like? Um, well, my parents were pretty young when I was yeah. born. Okay. Um, they were in their early 20s and um, I was raised uh, by them, but mostly by my grandparents. Okay. They did a lot of childcare for me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And then um, during my like, sort of middle adolescent years. I lived with my folks mainly and um, they got divorced and remarried and I had uh, shared custody with them. And then when I was a later teen, I moved back in to live with my grandparents full time until right. I moved out on my own. Right, so eventually you come out to whom? Yeah, right, like if your family's got, <laughs> I essentially had like six different types of parents, right? right. I mean, I had actually three sets of grandparents. Well, two of them lived in the city with me and were caring yeah. for me. And then my two parents in their households. Yeah. Um, and Does it make it harder because there are more people? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think what made it most difficult was that out of all of them, none of them had really taught me about what it meant to be LGBTQ yeah. and I had no idea what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had my first crushes and didn't really think much of them until I realized that wasn't normal to be yeah. liking girls and boys at the yeah. same time. Um, and then when I got older and realized that my gender wasn't the same as mm -hmm. everybody else's, that was so confusing. Mm -hmm. So I started looking for my answers online, mm -hmm. um, and I ended up actually not coming out, but being outed by that because my family ended really? up reading my messages on the internet and right. approaching me saying, um, I think it was my mom who approached me first, mm. and she said, we know you've been talking about this on the internet, and we just want you to know, like, even if transgender people are a real thing, you are not one of them. And that was wow. my coming out experience. <laughs> Part of me was terrified that she was yes. right, you know? My gender is... Um, I guess I'm kind of more gender queer. Okay. Um, what does that mean, just so we're clear? For me, uh, my gender doesn't fit very neatly into the boy or girl category. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I definitely lean more towards identifying as a guy. Okay. I use he and him pronouns mainly, okay. and most people read me as a gay guy. How long does it take? It's pro it probably differs from one person to another, but how long does it take before you realize, well, this is me no matter what people tell me? Hmm. I think I did also know that. I I kind of held both at mm. once. I knew that I was who I was, mm -hmm. and even though part of me was scared she was right, yeah. a stronger part of me knew that she wasn't, and yeah. I think that their rejection of me just made me more stubborn. <laughs> and eventually, as time goes by, your housing becomes less and less stable, is that right? That's right. How, first of all, how does it happen? Well, like many transgender people, mm -hmm. um, I was faced with a situation where I either had my 
uh, family support mm -hmm. or I was able to live freely as myself and so I chose to do the latter. Um, I was you know maybe a month after turning 17 mm -hmm. so only about a year since my mom confronted me um, and I I was dating another transgender person and I was banned from continuing to date that person um, after they found out he was also transgender and that this whole thing hadn't just gone away just because mm -hmm. I had not mm -hmm. talked about it in a while. I don't know, my parents and I were fighting all the time, you know, especially me and my mom and my stepdad, we were just really going at each other a lot. And you know, they were saying things like, you can't tell the rest of the family, your grandparents will have a heart attack, all this stuff. Um, and the I pressure. just... yeah. Uh, and I just was fed up and yeah. um, somebody on the internet had said, you know, make sure you have like a bag packed in case you need to leave unexpectedly. Mm. And then one day it happened and my, my mom said something like, you know, if you're so unhappy here, you know, why don't you just leave or you don't, I think actually maybe she just said, you don't have to stay. Mm. And that was enough for me because I had tried to run away twice before and they mm. called the, well, threatened to call the police. Mm. Um, and so that time I said to her, you giving me consent to leave now means you can't call the police. Um, I packed a bag and I left. And mm. um, yeah, I was 17. I lived on my own for about three months, staying on a friend's couch for a while. Um, but I couldn't afford to pay half a rent for an apartment. I was working minimum wage at McDonald's and trying to finish high school. Mm. So I moved in with my grandparents for about nine months. Um, and then at 18, I was back on my own again. Right. and. Just so we're clear, is this a common thing in the transgender community? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of other factors impact it, but I think there's a disproportionate amount of trans people who find themselves without their family's support at a very young age and are forced to either put themselves in hiding or out themselves and make it on their own. Okay. Um, I mean, a few years later, when I was 19, I moved to Toronto and I ended up moving downtown and um, that's when I started getting involved in Shoreborn Health Center um, and and the 519 and you know f uh, food banks drop-ins mm. um, just places where you could get something to eat and meet some other people right. and that's kind of what helped me keep going during my time when I was really struggling so now that we know a bit more of about where you're coming from I want to start talking about transgender issues but um, before that I just want to know what's your definition of transgender yeah, uh, that's a question I get asked a lot, right. and I think that there's a simple answer and a long answer. Okay. So the simple answer yeah. is that uh, if you break down the word, uh, the like the, the word trans comes from the idea of you know to go across or change or be in flux. You know, think the words like transition, transit, transportation. Mm -hmm. um, these words represent sort of movement, mm -hmm. um, and then gender. You mm -hmm. know, what is gender is a much bigger question, but Generally speaking, it's uh, the way that we sense ourselves and see each other in regards to lots of different <laughs> ways of signifying the body. But things like the categories of man, woman, agender, genderqueer, they're all different kinds of sort of genders. Um, so that's sort of the simple answer, like put those two things together, a trans person is someone who transitions their gender. Okay. Um, and that can be in a social way, like changing your name and pronouns, it can mm -hmm. be medically, like taking hormones, mm -hmm. getting surgery, it can be legally, like changing your sex de designator, it can be a lot of different ways. I know my short answer was long. No, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> but my bigger answer is yeah. what is transgender is it's an identity, mm -hmm. it's um, 
sort of it's a just term to describe lots of different political movements trying to work together um it's a sometimes it's a community or a network of communities um we've always been here trans people have always been here and this is just one word to describe us um transgender became a popular term but honestly right. it's just one of so 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 many transgender popularity has gone up in the media recently now we often talk about how glamorous sometimes it can be if we think about Caitlyn Jenner. Do you view this as a good thing that leads to talking about the issues or is it a perverse way of, of putting transgender issues out there? Complex There's question. not a single answer, yeah. of course, as with many things. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have noticed that transgender has become a more popular word in the media <laughs> and I think there are a lot of benefits. <laughs> um, I mean, my for example, my family, my grandparents now call me whenever they see a transgender documentary on TV or something, and mm -hmm. my grandfather called me when Caitlyn Jenner came out and mm -hmm. said, I can't believe it, you know. Because uh, yeah. the other generation knows her as Bruce Jenner, the Olympic athlete. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly what he said yeah. to me, and, um, and then, but you know what, he, because he knew me, mm -hmm. and and all this stuff. I think it was really cool for him to mm. see that. And now, you know, they, my grandparents anyways, uh, don't have any problem using the correct pronoun for me, using my preferred name. Um, this popularity in the media does mean a lot to them. Yeah. And it means that they kind of get it a little bit better, or at least it's less like bizarre for mm -hmm. them. I think my big question is whose stories get upheld in, in that media? Mm. Um, who gets listened to and who's still on the margins? Because there's still you know, violence being directed against trans people all the time. And um, it's not, I mean, Caitlyn Jenner, I'm sure, gets a lot of hate. Um, She's still but, privileged. Yeah. So what are the main issues that trans people are facing? Um, I can say for myself, big challenges have been uh, housing, um, safety, security. Um, when I was uh, doing sex work to make ends meet, that made things very difficult because mm -hmm. I didn't, have any support. It's not mm. like you get unionized when you become mm. a sex worker. You're, you know, worried you're going to get caught. You're worried the money's going to run out. You're worried that someone's going to hurt you. And I was just a kid. Um, and so I think those are some of my primary concerns. Mm. And um, I do a lot of support work for other trans people, especially trans youth. And often what I hear are concerns about connections with their family, mm -hmm. um, connections with housing, connecting to their communities. Um, and even things like staying in school, mm. you know, um, keeping their job if they need a job or finding a job in the first place. Um, yeah, a lot of the, the people I speak with uh, day in and day out are experiencing small and big forms of violence that just make their very existence mm. a struggle. Generally speaking, um, you know, let's say you get fired from your job mm -hmm. at the bank because you came out as transgender. Yeah. You can hypothetically take your employer to court and yeah. uh, you have rights as a citizen of Canada, mm -hmm. if you are a citizen of Canada in this situation, which you probably are if you got a job at the bank. Yeah. So uh, for that individual, Canada has a lot of very good things. And I am thankful to live in that kind of a country where I can, can safely um, try to fight for my rights to exist and, and have my bare needs met. But uh, for me, I think the problem comes when getting our rights means sacrificing other things. Mm. Um, so for example, um, transgender sex workers like myself, mm. even though I have been practicing for a few years, mm -hmm. um, because Canada um, polices sex work the way that mm -hmm. it does, 
if I had been, you know, assaulted by a client for being transgender, or maybe not for even being transgender, just assaulted by a client who I was seeing because I was transgender and couldn't find employment mm -hmm. elsewhere, I don't actually yeah. have a lot of recourse. That's terrible. So I think that, you know, the ultimate solution is actually stopping the violence, mm -hmm. um, which I don't see the can Canadian government doing as much. Right. I mean, there's so many ways this discrimination continues mm -hmm. to live inside of our society, and it's, uh, it's honestly tragic, and I don't think human rights legislation is going to fix it. According to Eagle, which is, uh, I believe, part of the Canadian Human Rights Trust, 47% of trans youth in Ontario, again, had thought about suicide, and 19% had attempted suicide. Mm -hmm. These numbers are really high. Yeah, they are high. Um, and I mean, the, the likelihood for committing suicide or attempting or considering suicide mm -hmm. goes down dramatically when there is family support. Um, <laughs> but because so many trans people are rejected from by their families, and also because it's not like our parents were taught on how to support a transgender child, mm -hmm. like this is a bigger issue than than shitty parents. Yeah. Um, the numbers honestly sound a little low. I think that almost every mm. single trans person I know has thought wow. about suicide in their life. I mean, I hang out with a specific group of people who've mm -hmm. gone through a lot of similar things mm. to me. Maybe there's a lot of happy-go-lucky trans people who, um, you know, I haven't met. It's painful to feel like you're not being seen for who you are, mm -hmm. or that your body doesn't match how you feel that it should. You know, things like dysphoria, mm. which is that the feeling of um, your sense of self not aligning with the way that you want to be seen or how you want to feel in your body. All that stuff is painful, definitely. But I actually find the most painful stuff is uh, things like family rejection um, and rejection from peers, um, you know, feeling alienated and isolated even from the organizations that are supposed to help us. You know, um, when I was working with a transgender support group, uh, we partnered with a, an LGBT center who had been around for longer. And I remember hearing from a lot of the people at the transgender support group saying, when I go to the LGBT center, people don't gender me correctly. People ask the wrong questions. I don't think anybody would ever want to date me because I'm the transgender person in the group. And that's even inside of our own organizations. Mm. Now imagine what it's like when you just go to like a plain old Absolutely. shelter, right? Like so many trans folks are turned away from shelters, from gyms, from bathrooms, all the time. So it's all that that builds up and makes us sometimes wonder why we're here, and mm. if we have any purpose in existing, or if it might be easier um, to get the support we need by trying to end our life, or mm. if it might be easier to just not be here at all. And if someone's watching and n need help right now, what can they do? Well, that, that's a matter that's very important to yeah. me. Um, I would say if you live in Ontario and you're feeling just kind of crappy, then I would say call the youth line yep. um, or go to youthline.ca. It's a, a text, chat, and phone call and email service um, supporting LGBTQ2S um, asterisk communities. Um, and it does a really amazing uh, job of peer-to-peer -peer support. They're, it's all youth under 29 and they those are who are volunteering and that's who's mm -hmm. calling in, so it's really just peer-to-peer -peer support. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say though, if you're really feeling like you're in a crisis, uh, you should call something like the suicide hotline or the yes. crisis line, the distress yes. centers. Um, or if you're not in Ontario, then I would say contact something like the Trevor Project or yes, look up absolutely. what the organizations absolutely. are in your area because mm -hmm. um, often the resources that a support line is going to give you are going to be like regionally specific. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, um, 
I know for me, it was really intimidating to start going to support groups and health centers, and they certainly can be problematic, as I explained earlier. But uh, if you're really struggling and you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, mm -hmm. or you feel like you don't have any friends like yourself, look up the organizations in your area and mm -hmm. see what kind of services they have going on. Because the scene's not just like in bars or at drag shows; mm -hmm. like those are great, but for youth especially, people who can't go into those spaces, or for sober folks who don't want to go into a space where people are using alcohol, um, support su support groups and support services are essential to Absolutely. building the networks that help us survive. Mm -hmm. um, can we look up, uh, I know there's one great organization I forget about in Quebec, can you look it up as well? Mm -hmm. Just so we, we can have like an English and a French one. Donc c'est deux helpline. Okay. Also, if you're in Quebec, you can look at ATQ, which is in French, or ASTTEQ. There are also helplines for transgender people. And finally, hard question. Do you have hope for the future of the community? Mm. Well, I think I do need to have hope. Yeah. Um, but I am careful with my hope because I think mm. that too much hope can make us apathetic. Mm. If we just think that everything's going to get better by itself or that things eventually, you know, there's universe arcs towards progress idea, like everything's going to be fine, we just need enough time, people will smarten up, uh, we're evolving. All of those narratives, I think, erase the hard work that it takes to get there. Mm. So I do have hope because if I didn't have hope, I probably wouldn't get out of bed every day. Yes. Um, but I also try to balance that hope with a little bit of skepticism and mm. realness um, and remind myself that uh, what brings me hope is that I continue to get up and keep struggling and help the, everyone else around me do the same. Thank you so much for explaining these issues in simple words. Thank you so much for being here. You were great and I think we've learned a lot. My pleasure. Thanks for Thank having you. me.